Welcome to MicroCollege. This week on the podcast, we are honored and excited to have a couple of guests who are current students of Deep Springs College. Uh, this is Ben Samuels uh, and Max Fagelson, um, who happen to be graduates of the same high school in Brooklyn. Um, they're they're speaking to us in their summer break between their their first and second years of Deep Springs two year program. Um, and uh, to offer us a student perspective on on this really important example of of the micro college, a really key inspiration for Thoreau College here. So thank you, thank you guys for joining us today. Good to be here. Great to be here. Yeah. Um, so I think some things I want to do today is to have you uh, give it give it you know a, a fresh description to someone who hasn't heard about Deep Springs, um, what it is. Um, uh, including, you know, Ben, you are the, the you're the student chair, new student chair of the communications committee. So this is sort of your job, right? As a, in your in your in your role <laughs> in the college, so um, you're the right person for the job. Um, but um, before we th do that um, on the Micro College podcast, we really begin every conversation with people's own biographies, and, and usually we're talking to people who are a little bit older and ask them what they were doing when they're 18 to 21 years old, um, which is you're kind of in that phase right now. So. But maybe, um, maybe if I could ask each of you to reflect a bit on your um, your education and um, and just what in your life uh, trajectory uh, attracted you, inspired you to to do something uh, as unusual as Deep Springs College. Ben, you want to start? Ben, you want to give the introduction. Do you want me to give the brief uh, Deep Springs introduction first? No, let, let, let's start with your story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. uh, well, I went to Bard High School with Max, uh, which is like another kind of alternative-ish education. Uh, the idea there is that you do two years of high school courses. You get like your basic requirements. And then your junior and senior year, you spend doing college-level classes. So you have... Supposedly, you know, college level professors teaching college level courses and the credit sometimes, you know, it's usually not transferable, but the the idea is nice and the classes are supposed to be challenging all that. So uh, I went there for three years. So I, I went for my uh, uh, until junior year uh, when I applied to Deep Springs uh, and I, I like that. I like the idea of Bard. I like that it that gave the students agency. But uh, at the same time, I started to feel like a city was was maybe not the ideal setting to do it. It's like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of hard to build community. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, stifling. It felt like the responsibility that the school was giving the students wasn't being capitalized on. It wasn't being used to 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 build anything. Uh, so I was like, all right, I heard about Deep Springs and I was like, well, you know, this seems like a, uh, it seems like a place that could give the students the same amount of responsibility and freedom, which seems like a, feels like a good thing, but, but also at the same time, the, 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 the push to do something uh, productive with the freedom. So I left after my junior year and came to Deep Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you, you went a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to get my uh, high school diploma, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure it is possible to get, but <laughs> met with no success so far. 
Cool, wonderful. And so and that that that's an added wrinkle to it, actually. So I mean, your 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 family, your you know your your other people in your life, like what 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 was their response to that? Is, were they supportive? Were they you know what is um how how is how does it interact with the rest of your world? Uh, well, it, it was a little. I think it was a little sudden uh, because you know I, I sort of applied my junior year. It was kind of a long shot. Uh, I was I was prepared to spend another year at Bard, uh, but then you know, but then I got in and the deadlines are kind of weird, you know, because you have to have people uh, on campus year round. Yeah. So you have to come in earlier than other schools. So I think I learned, I don't so know. It's got to milk the cows, right? And right. Uh, yeah. make the livestock, right? So you can't exactly. water the fields. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't get a summer break. So I, I think I learned like, you know, a couple months before. I can't remember, but it felt like a very quick turnaround. Yeah. So I think they were shocked more than anything. Cool. Thank you. So yeah, Max, what, what about you? How bring us bring us up to the moment of of you heading off to Deep Springs? Where where did this come from and, and, and how did that fit into your into your your development as, as a person? Well, unlike Ben, I'm not a high school dropout. I <laughs> went through all four years of Bard and I love them. I've really loved Bard. Uh, I think basically all of my friends from Bard really appreciate it. Um I think that set everyone up to be kind of cynical about the college that they went to, uh, which I think is a good thing for most schools. I don't think I'm very cynical about Deep Springs yet, though. Um, I I went through the normal college application process in senior year, um, but my family and I were pretty got into this like headspace where we thought it's an impossibly competitive process, so you might as well do like spend every minute of your life applying. Um, so it was COVID, didn't really have anything else to do. So I applied to 22 schools and uh, Deep Strings is one of them. I think the ending, like Google Docs ended up being like 60 pages of essays because these weren't all just like common app schools. Um, <laughs> the, the, I, I, I like poured my heart into the Deep Strings application. I like rewrote all my essays a bunch of times. I knew it was the only place I was really excited about going. Um, and then I got in. Uh, ben and I were actually also on our app visit together, which is when we visit the school for uh, five days and kind of just like see what it's like. Um, but yeah, it was a very intensive process and I was very happy to get in. Uh, why did I do it? Well, uh, I, I was kind of disappointed with college websites in general. Like it was COVID, so I didn't have any time to actually go to schools. So I just saw the same kind of few words on college websites I was really disturbed by the same fonts on college websites and the same graphic <laughs> designs um, and uh, the same kind of like nice sliding transitions without like real substance. Um, but Deep Springs' website was like very generic, very kind of like uh, like single color, we'd like it, but with very um, like enticing substance to what the college was offering that was completely different from anything else. Um, so yeah, I, I discovered the school basically by accident, um, but like my follow through was completely like through through like uh, admiration of the school's mission and how I wanted to contribute to it. So what did you see in that substance? What about the mission that that, that really stood out to you? Uh, well, it, it seems to be the only school that that didn't put student comfort at first priority. Like uh, every school in their in their presentation to the outside world 
make sure to emphasize the facilities and the comfort that you will receive, like the state-of-the-art dormitory or the new fitness center or the library or something like that. That's all very appealing if you're like going to the school for like a week. But I imagine that after that, you're going to look for something a little bit um, more. And so uh, East Springs has nothing very appealing uh, from like a, a visual or a comfort perspective. Like the, the dorms are kind of shoddy. I, I like them a lot, though, but I, I don't know. The, there's nothing really from the outside that makes Deep Springs look like a, a vacation resort of any sort. Um, it's just that like the, the students are more active, um, I think, like socially and intellectually than any place I've been. And they're more driven to to like make the school something like beautiful, even if it's not through like uh, donations. Yeah, isn't that interesting that that what you're saying about the kind of the physical environment and um, and the relationship to comfort, right? If you, if you talk to to you know, people who are in leadership positions at colleges and universities, you know, making making the facilities appealing, making them, you know, making it comfortable, you know, the, the, the food offerings and so forth like that are, you know, a lot of money and time has been spent in, on that. Um, and so, you know, a, 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 an interest, a, a being turned off by that, by being attracted by by some level of discomfort or even hardship is something that is is hard for like a lot of people to understand. But I think it's it really is it's an important dimension of of, of what um, what some young people at least are, are seeking. Um, I remember, you know, um, that the dorm there. Um, so I'm a Deep Springs alum from the late 1990s. I was part of the first class to live in that dorm, actually. Um, and the issue during my time, it was too new. <laughs> it was too nice, actually, <laughs> especially because people had lived in the previous dorm, which was was you know almost 100 years old and uh, in in a very different state. So um, that's a familiar. And that, <laughs> sorry, and that the the previous dorms were in the main building, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And why did they? Do you know why they moved? Um, well, there was there was a. The yeah, the building was in general needing a complete uh, redesign because it was it was you know 100 years old and built with student labor back in the in the 19 teens and 20s and um, so it had to be completely gutted and redone in any case and um, they wanted to move the you know have an expanded library space the library was kind of tacked onto the old building and then to have classrooms and offices in one building and then a a student dorm in a separate place was I mean I wasn't there at the design process but but uh, it kind of completed the circle there at the at the campus. Was there any, uh, well, usually stuff at Deep Springs that needs like a particular kick in the pants to get going. Was there like, a, I mean, did we have, did we expand the staff or something? And that's why we needed more offices or it was just one year we decided. It was, it was, you know, what's completed there now, you know, kind of bringing to a conclusion there, a, a real renovation and, and redesign of every building there or with some new buildings and some, some rebuild ones. Cause they were, they were in very poor condition um, at that point And they had been kind of, maintenance had been neglected for a while so it was part of a you know a, a complete redesign of the of the oh yeah, a re- renovation of the the endowment and and uh and a few other kind of aspects of the of the the program but including the buildings so well okay so line that up um thank you thank you for that background um uh max and uh, and your story um so so ben i want to turn it over to you now as the comcom chair um so you you got in touch with me um preparing a new kind of brochure that you're going to be sending out to to the world um so you're you're thinking right now in your role about explaining 
Deep Springs to people who haven't heard of it. So what what is Deep Springs? What should people know about it? <laughs> this is great. I keep it under like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, 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 the one sentence version is that it's a combination ranch and college. So you do half time on the ranch, half time on the college. Uh, and the more I... The more I read, the more important I think it was uh, that it's really modeled on like a, a Western, American Western town. Uh, so the founder, L.L. Nunn, he was very interested in this idea that uh, these small towns uh, with a lot of hard work and then also a big emphasis on community, that that was, uh, that that had like this special quality it could like, uh, uh, it, it it really led to the development of, of virtue and strong character in the people that lived in there. So Deep Springs is is really built on the model of, of a, a small Western town. Uh, you have different labor teams uh, that, you know, often don't have a lot of communication with each other uh, that run different parts of the college and the ranch. Uh, students pretty much have some kind of hand uh, in every task required to run both administrative and the physical labor aspect. Um, students meet uh once a week uh once a week in committees to deal with particular aspects let's say of the curriculum or of uh admitting the next class or doing public relations like i do uh and then they meet, meet once a week uh as a student body to discuss sort of internal issues and uh uh help, help regulate themselves Cool. Can you, can you set, set the physical scene for us? Like you know, the, the location of Deep Springs is, is a really important part of its character and design. Um, yes. And it's a little bit hard to picture if you haven't pictured it. So can you, yes, what, yes. What, what is the setting? Yeah, well, this is, yeah, this is the other thing. So it's, uh, it's an hour out of the nearest town. It's in this valley uh, surrounded, you know, on all sides by mountains and then by some more desert. Uh, so it's quite, it's quite isolated. Uh, we have, we sometimes keep the cows, and there's a lake too. So picture a sort of oval-shaped valley. You have a lake at one end, and then the college is more or less at the other end. Uh, we sometimes keep the cows, uh, we have 300 cows. We sometimes keep them at the lake, and then in the summer, we'll bring them up to our allotment in the mountains, which is very beautiful, and keep them there for a few months. So the context here, you know, some landmarks that people might know. This is This is the next valley or so north of Death Valley um you know about you know a mile high elevation um it is just to the to the east of the the eastern wall of the the sierra nevada right so you can see the the, the you know the, the the sierras um to the west there um just to the north of the valley is the the ancient bristlecone pine forest so some of the the oldest uh organisms on the earth there and actually in the in the in the cattle allotment is is, is are some of the are the bristlecone pines um and then it's to the to the east is the is the Nevada border, so it's right on the Nevada. Actually, has a Nevada mailing address. So, remote location, the Great Basin, um, very very dry and uh, you know, very like starkly beautiful kind of place. Yeah, yeah, and you say Death Valley. It's it like, uh, I mean, in the summers it's very hot, but in the winters, you know, it, it's uh, we we just got hit by a huge storm. Right, we completely snowed in. Those pictures it's, of the snowstorm were are kind of unbelievable. <laughs> yeah it was ridiculous yeah um so yeah that that's um that's the context i mean what what is it um 
you know, why is the college in this, why locate it in this remote location? What is, what does that add or how, how does that impact the education happening there? Um, well, there, the campus is kind of small, like the, you know, the buildings that you regularly how many students? Uh, 26 students. That's the other thing. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and, and there's only there's only really like three buildings that you move between. Uh, so there's kind of uh, there's nowhere there's nowhere to hide. Like if you want to find someone, uh, it takes you at most, I would say, five minutes. Like, there, you know, there's there's two places that they could be. So you just have to walk to those two places and see if they're there. Uh, so. Uh, for me, part of the value of the the isolation in the valley is that it uh, it 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 forces you to to be honest and open with your fellow students. It doesn't allow you to to be uh, to be shifty or you know uh, shirk your responsibility in any way. Like you're 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 just constantly open to everyone's eyes, which is which is I think at first a disturbing experience, and then becomes kind of a strangely compassionate one. Hmm. I've come to enjoy it. Cool. Max, do you have anything to add to any of that? Feel free to pop in. Uh, well, I don't know if you mentioned the isolation uh, rule, which is that you can't actually leave the school uh, during term uh, unless you get approval from the student body. And you can't have people visit you unless you get approval from the student body which is the scariest sounding rule I think we have. But when you get there, it kind of just makes sense. Like, I, I don't know really where you would go. Uh, like, you go to the town that's an hour and 15 minutes away for a couple minutes, and then you're like, okay, I got to go back. Um, I, I think that it's just like to reemphasize the point that like the, the when you, you're fully committing yourselves to the other 25 students and faculty there, uh, and so, yeah, I, it often gets branded as a cult because of this, but I think mm -hmm. um, it is a classic cult defense. I think it's just uh, like the only uh, the only way Deep Springs could function uh, is if everyone is fully committing themselves to it. And so the isolation geographically and legislatively is like contributing to that. Yeah. So that's um, that that uh, you know isolation in the place among the student body is is certainly one of the, the things that, that people hear about. Um, you know, since I was a student there in the nineteen nineties, the that period, the internet was just kind of a new thing, right? Like I remember getting an email account, right? Um, a lot of things have happened that that changes people's experience of solitude or, or isolation in community. Um, can you talk about how, how today and in, in in the in the twenty twenties, um, what is um, what is the, the the interactions there with technology or with with the digital media? In the last term uh, that Ben and I just left, uh, we voted to well, actually, we I didn't vote. I was the student body chair, but I was in charge of the meeting where they voted to. Um, ban the internet from all non-communal uh, devices. Uh, and this is usually something that happens for a term or, or a, a limited amount of time as a way, uh, usually like during the first term to make people have to like, experience Deep Springs without the internet before they experience it with it. 
Um, but I think this term, we decided that there's really no point to experience Deep Springs with the internet. Um, so we banned it permanently. Um, so if you come to Deep Springs now, you'll only have internet access on two computers. Uh, and then that, that's where you can check your email and such. Uh, you can have your devices, but they don't have internet. And I, I think this, like, I, I, don't, I haven't seen this rule really in action, um, but I think the response has been mostly positive. It kind of just is like uh, further aligning like our values with our practices in a way that I think is helpful. Yeah, so that's a great example of, of like, you know, really programmatically significant consequential kind of decision that is, you know, that's not being brought by the administration or the board of trustees. This is really is being discussed and debated and, and decided upon among the student body. And that that you read the the kind of founding documents, the, you know, the, of, of LL Nunn and, and, and the kind of historical kind of development of the college, even more important than the ranch or the academic program, like this self-governance component is, is really core to the idea. Um, so can you talk a bit more about that? Like, what is it like to, to live in a, in a, a self-contained, self-governing community of, of, of young people? Uh, well, well, there's this weird switch that happens, I would say like, uh, like seven months in for me, which is that you come in and it feels, it feels kind of oppressive. You're like, uh, you're, you're just trapped with these people uh you're sort of always on your guard none of the doors have locks uh i you know the the internet's usually off for the first uh couple months and now it's off forever uh so it's like uh you feel uh you can you can start to skittish or or kind of uh you know you, you feel on your guard all the time uh and then and then there's this uh switch that kind of happens where uh, you start to feel like uh, you start to feel less alone. Like you start to feel like the community is supporting you rather than uh, surrounding you. Uh, and the and and in fact, it starts to seem like the the big cities where uh, where actually it's kind of lonely and uh, you're you're kind of uh, repressed or or isolated. Uh, and this is one of the this is one of the the things we talked about in the internet discussion, uh, which is that if you're on if you're on the internet, you can sort of imagine that that would be an incredibly public or social space. But the truth is, it's really just you. You know, like it's just you. You just sort of find the things that you like uh, and stick to them, and then move on when you don't like them. You're not beholden to anyone. It's really just you with yourself. Uh, and it's 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 really like a deeply lonely experience. Uh, in a way that, in you know, in the same way that that being in a in a city is, or living by yourself is, or or working alone is, uh, and and ultimately being in this in this community, uh, even though it it seems it seems very isolated or it seems uh, oppressive, it starts to feel much less lonely than these these uh, these other places. Yeah. Max, what's it's like to facilitate a, a conversation like that? I mean, you're, you're restricting people's, uh, you know, or proposing to, you know, really put some strong boundaries on people's day-to-day -day life, right? Is that, what does it take to to hold a discussion like that among, you know, a group of, of, of young adults? I think people 
visitors who watch our discussions are usually surprised at the maturity of them. Even uh, alumni of Deep Springs are surprised by the like fluency we have with the procedural uh, mechanisms of the situation, like the the respect we have for each other. I think generally, even when we consider it a failure of a discussion, it's a pretty uh, respectful and uh, easy and like like efficient uh, way that we do it. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not frustration. Like I'd say that the number one characteristic of self-governance is communal frustration. Uh, <laughs> that that uh, students are constantly disappointed, faculty are constantly disappointed. Um, so the chair have had to negotiate like student versus faculty uh, like arguments and can, like uh, kind of misinterpretations of things that people said. Uh, like the, it can get it can get heated, I think, and uh, it has gotten very heated. There's been so there's been yelling. There's been uh, there's been like I don't know, like arguments that have lasted for for weeks when they should be resolved in an hour. Like I I don't know. I I, I see it as a as an ultimately frustrating process. But um, like this is one like one of the goals of self governance is to show you how hard it is, so that uh, you can you can know how hard it is to govern people when you don't live with them. Um, like that must be completely alienating, uh, completely difficult. Uh, and and two, I think working through the frustration to find some some common ground uh, is a, is a strange way to operate with your friends. And I think it's like a actually a healthy way to do it with your friends. Um, now that I'm back in the city and just hang out with my high school friends, it's it's I'm not really talking to them. Uh, with the knowledge that my decisions about like where we hang out will affect their lives in this like, in this in, in incredibly impactful way, in the same way as when I were talk to say like Ben at Deep Springs about the internet, I know that my vote is is consciously restricting his uh, his actions. Like say he wants to use the internet, I'm I'm saying that your opinion is not as valid as mine, uh, which is never something I'd have to do, I've I've had to do before. And something that I don't assume will happen very much in my life, um, and so I think like the value in it is just like that. That's super hard to do, and I need to express myself in a way that Ben can see that I'm operating from uh, good intentions. Uh, and so it's just being honest with him, being honest with myself, just constantly, uh, which is very tiresome, also very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, there's something quite different about, you know, having conversation face to face with someone, you know, often when we're, you know, voting in an election or something like that, you are voting to restrict people's freedoms or to, you know, to to, you know, raise their taxes or whatever it is, but you're not saying it to them directly, right? And that's and and someone you're going to have to go and milk the cows with the next day or have lunch with, um, which is another unique feature of such a small community. So, you guys, you're two two uh, people who grew up in the city, in New York City. There, what, what, how have you experienced the the labor component of Deep Springs? <laughs> Good one. I uh, I think that it's uh, I don't know. I, I I actually think people make too much of the labor pillar. It's like uh, you know, no one comes in knowing how to how to run the irrigation lines and and almost no one comes in knowing how to fix a car like like you know some people come in with little like parlor tricks but the truth is you're all 
you're all kind of equally in the dark. Uh, and the truth is also that most of the labor is kind of already set up for you. Uh, and what's required is not like, uh, like mechanical genius or like uh, a ton of physical strength. It's more like, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it, it's more about how you approach it, I think. Like you can tell when someone's coming at their work with like a awareness and energy and uh, diligence. Uh, and you can tell when they're just kind of coming at it lazily. Uh, so I, I think it has much more to do with, you can always tell, you can always tell who's going to, uh, how, how people are going to do on a job just by their, just by like how they're acting or uh, how they behave in class. Uh, like it, it usually doesn't have anything to do with uh, their skill or their strength or I don't know what. What are some of the positions you, you've, you've held there in the last year? Um, I was, let's see, I did farm my last term. I was the mechanic. Uh, I worked in the garden and I cleaned the dishes and I'll be sweeping the floors when I come back. <laughs> Looking forward to Max, that. what about you? Like what, what, what have you done and then what have you, what have you gotten from that experience or what have you enjoyed and what was challenging? I did farm once. I swept the floors once and almost all the rest of the time I was in the garden. Uh, I was, you know, I, I, I did that ex an extensive amount. Um, I, what did I get from it? Well, I, I, I think my, when I think about labor, I, I only think about growing plants, which is not usually what people do with these strings. But uh, I don't know. I, I went through a couple cycles of of harvest and sadness in the winter, and um, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that it was like a it was like an experience of of just like of diligence. Like uh, I don't know. I probably watered like ten thousand times, and uh, I'm I'm the probably the, the most like rewarding experience I've had besides the garden is pruning, which is also in the garden. But that's where we uh, like do, give trees a haircut in the winter so that they can give us more fruit in the summer. Uh, and so I was this junior pruner this year uh, to like my senior pruner like master. And then uh, this year I'll be the senior pruner to my junior pruner. Um, and so I'll see these trees grow up for two years while also like helping someone grow up as a pruner, uh, which is like a pretty uh, it's a it's a pretty nice experience, but uh, I I just think that most of the labor pillar is just showing up for four hours every day, like when it's when it's fifteen degrees out and it's like a little bit snowy, like can you get into the ladder and stand in a tree for four hours? Uh, and like we, yeah, you're not the best in the world. That's why that's why you're doing it. Uh, and so I don't know. I I, I think that like. There are like some people who are obviously have some some work experience that other people don't have. Some people have some like knowledge that people don't have, but like uh, it's pretty easy for everyone to get on the same foot if they want to. Like, uh, and, and it's sometimes strange to see how able some people are. Like, I remember uh, during our snowstorm when we had no power, uh, like somehow Sophia, someone in our class, just like knew how to run the generator. 
and like no one else did <laughs> and I don't know how she did but she kind of just like saved the school in that instance and uh like Emma and Shreya like cooked these incredible meals through the snowstorm without like with limited gas like it was just kind of crazy to see people step up in uh like ways where you you, you felt like you were cared for and they you couldn't care for yourself in the same way that they care for you uh so yeah that's one cool thing i've gotten out of it yeah so there's, there's real consequences to these things especially in a condition like that where you have a you know have a, have a weather event like that that shuts off the power um, and and lot and blocks off the passes right you guys are really isolated there for genuinely for a while yeah. yes yeah yeah so pruning um i wonder yeah so pruning is something we actually do quite a bit of here we've got a um extensive vineyard that we work with and a bunch of fruit trees and i, I find it to be such a um such an educational experience actually um because of the decisions you have to make i guess you know is that something you 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 kind of gravitated towards and and, and uh you know what what about that as as a is there anything you could say about that as a specific like knowledge base instead of skills uh i really gravitate towards it I've, none of my labor has been voluntary <laughs> uh, i've mostly been told to do it uh but i is there knowledge race i don't know i got really like intimately familiar with my tools in a way i've never been familiar with any tools before like uh you have to clean them and take care of them and they're kind of yours for a while and so uh that was a that i had there's something something very satisfying about that uh but yeah like the decision or whether or not to cut a certain like giant branch that's been growing for five or ten years uh like trying to decide what's best for the tree that you that you kind of just met and that's it kind of it feels like you they're like people <laughs> at a certain point like yeah. uh yeah it's like you're also like kind of looking into the future to see what you think other pruners will do and you can like do several like some some markings and signs and signatures to make them to know to, to like say like i'm choosing to do this you have to follow my footsteps um <laughs> so yeah it's kind of like you're it's made me, I don't know, it's made me want to have some trees when I'm older, even though I want to live in the city, which is confusing, but. Yeah, I, I find it to be, you know, pruning is is a constant training in decisiveness, right? Like you've got to, you can only cut or not cut, right? Um, yes. And it will have consequences. And if you don't, if you can, you know, if you're indecisive and don't cut anything, that's also bad for the tree, right? And for the fruit. So you need to, you know, it is a it's 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 also artistic and sculptural like you're you're creating the forms so max wrote a lovely essay about the metaphysical significance of pruning <laughs> really <laughs> you did so you had thought about this i, I could tell <laughs> i'd love to see that actually i've thought about that too <laughs> cool so that that brings us so i mean deep springs uh has you know really has a very like clearly articulated idea of curriculum which is is in the form of three pillars right we talked about self-governance we've talked about labor and then so the third pillar is the academic pillar um can you talk about how that works there and uh you know and and how does it also interact with these other aspects of of the of the college curriculum you mind if i take this one <laughs> yeah you got it your curriculum kitty man <laughs> 
Well, here's what one interesting thing is that uh, because, well, because mostly people labor in the afternoon and then do their homework in the evening. And mostly they can do it in like one of two public places. You kind of can see who's studying and for how long before you go to class, which is like, a, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of a dumb thing, but like, you know, some people are walking around at, at 1 a.m., like muttering lines of Shakespeare to themselves. <laughs> and some people are asleep and you know which people are asleep. And so there's no like, uh, the classes when they're working to me feel very honest uh, because kind of everyone knows like you know they know like I know who's got a final the next day I know who like had a horrible day of labor yesterday and couldn't do their reading as thoroughly and I know who seems like uh, they stayed up all night and did the reading very well and so there's no like uh, uh, there's no weird uh withholding where you're not sure how much people know or or whether their point is secretly amazing and very well thought out like it's kind of it's kind of like you know the people well enough and you've literally seen them the last few days and you know roughly where their head's at and so that the emphasis in the academics is really on like uh it's it's hard to fool people is what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh so there's, like like with labor there's a uh, i think there's a a big emphasis on uh on on diligence and and proving that you've thoroughly done the work before you pull out some flashy gimmick because if you do that and and i i know that i saw you asleep at at 10 p.m or some reasonable hour the previous night it's just like uh it's just just embarrassing you know it's not a no one thinks that's impressive <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it it may be obvious, but Bear is repeating. I mean, these are very small classes, right? Like anyone who is not on their game, you know, that's obvious, but also like impactful on everyone's experience, right? Because these are discussion-based yeah. people's interactions or Socratic dialogues with each other is, is is how it happens for the most part, right? Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. and I'll say also like a seminar that's not working is horrible to listen to. Like if people are just quiet for like a minute and a half, that's just like a, just makes you feel awful so it's like uh it it feels like it, it is treated as like an obligation like if someone's quiet for a whole class uh it's kind of like a, a minor insult to you it's like uh you know it's not just that they haven't done their homework it's like uh you know you made this hour and a half of my life like a, a little bit more difficult a little bit like a little bit more miserable like you you made it so i had to bear the discussion it's not like the teacher will step in yeah there's a, there's a way that you know Deep Springs makes especially clear that the education, the development of knowledge, the seeking of wisdom is a collaborative activity where people have to rely on each other as much as you know preparing the food for a community or or, or cleaning the buildings or or making decisions collectively. That that kind of that's one of the ways that I experienced actually those things playing together is is this it is also a team sport. There's also ways it's, it's not just your own education. Right. It is it is you're part of a, a collective effort in that way too. Yeah. I also think Ben kind of buried the lead, which is that the classes are super hard. Um, <laughs> like uh they're uh, I mean they obviously vary, but so you could for like for a, a seminar on a text of 
philosophy or literature like the amount of work you put in is what you get out like you could spend every night staying up all night reading the whole thing and uh like and and, and uh get more out of the class and so like often people do uh and there are some classes that demand a ton from you like ben and i took a shakespeare class where we had to read two plays every week and so it was just like this this kind of like at the end of the, of the term, which was a very sleepless term, it was kind of, we just got this whole chunk of this major thinker, um, which I, I don't think is common in college classes for, that my friends are attending. Like, uh, I, I think that it, at these strings, there's a very much an emphasis on you getting something out of this uh, and you, you like having to work for it. Like the, the length and like rigor of the essays that we're asked to write are is it, it, like it, it requires us to like um, to pour hours into it on our own, but also I think the best students are the ones who can take their class to, to lunch or to labor. Um, like I've had like four hour long uh, conversations in the garden about uh, someone's essay idea that they want to like expound upon. Uh, and they get like frustrated two hours in, they say they don't want to do it three hours in at four, they say it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> so like th th that kind of like dedication to your work is uh, something that I really look for in college. And I, I think these strings the does it extremely well. I will say, go ahead. Sorry. I will say it's not always conducive to, I disagree with Max a little. I, I don't think it's conducive to great writing. I would say that it's I would say that it's conducive to great diligent absorbing of uh, things that have already been re written or created. Like Deep Springs is sort of a a place that constantly is telling you to be humble. Uh, it's not a place that's telling you to to take six hours and uh, go think about yourself and and the the book that you want to write or the or the essay that you want to write. Frankly. Uh, unless it's like, you know, it's not that it doesn't want you to think, it doesn't not that it doesn't want you to have original uh, interpretations or, or thoughts, but it it uh, it doesn't encourage you to spend a lot of time alone, which is kind of what you need, I think, to, to create something original. Interesting. Huh. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that, that Shakespeare uh class max can you can you both of you you know just to give us a flavor of some of the some of the content or like what what are some some courses you've really uh that you've valued or can will stick out from your past from your first year i really appreciated the um mandatory composition class we had which i know ben didn't very much like um but uh, i don't know it, it it i i think that the 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 attention placed on the writing was there, there was more attention placed on writing in that class than any class that i've taken and so i think i became a slightly better uh essay writer um i don't know i i kind of looking back on it appreciated my cosmology class uh which i it was super fast-paced super hard um, very frustrating for both me and them, but I think the um, like I don't know doing doing STEM or physics at Deep Springs has 
uh, as it's, it's like it feels very healthy to do non uh, humanities work. It feels like I'm like helping this part of my brain that is uh, often not helped uh, in like these very uh, abstract uh, seminars where there now is a right answer. Um, so I don't know that that cosmology class stands out as like something where the ideas made no sense, but they had to make sense because they were right. Um, and so I don't know that that kind of that kind of processing was was helpful. I really like our public speaking. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, maybe it doesn't really count, but uh, it's like I definitely wanted to ask about that, right? Because that's if you if you read into you know um, you know, the back to the to the founding of Deep Springs, like all the rest of the curriculum is kind of kind of secondary almost to 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 public speaking, and that's that's the that's the constant thread of all you know hundred and some yeah. years of the school's existence. I had no idea. Well, you know, it makes so much sense. It's exactly what I thought. Uh, it's like uh, it's the only opportunity that you you have to uh, cultivate your individuality. It's like uh, you know it, the labor is not it's not an opportunity to to be individual or to have your unique uh, thoughts and the essays and the classes are are not really structured uh, for your individual progress. They're structured as like a communal activity uh, and then politics and rhetoric and public speaking I think is the place where you're expected to demonstrate that you're still a functioning individual capable of uh, you know going up and speaking loudly while everyone else is quiet about a thing that you like for five minutes uh, <laughs> taking up the community's time you know and people are people like will be kind of bored they'll have other work to do and you're expected to just boldly take up their time with your own voice. So I like public speaking. I think that it's like a very useful counterpoint. And this is, this happens every week, right? There's there's yep. there's public speaking and and uh you know just just share a bit more about that. How is that structured? How is that formatted and where does that fit into the into the kind of community life? Um so you might do like seven speeches in a year. Or, or nine speeches in a year, I guess. Uh, it depends because the public speaking is only mandatory for the middle eight months of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you usually do like uh, six of those and maybe you'll do it another few. Anyway, every few weeks you'll have to write a speech. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday evening you'll have like, let's say six to eight people speaking, giving a five minute or 10 minute speech about a, a prompt. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is, you know, my sense is that it's been the most consistent part of the Deep Springs curriculum. You know, sometimes it's had, you know, there's been more STEM classes and, and sometimes not very much. There's been kind of a great book style seminars. They've been, you know, lots of different professors have brought their own flavors and interests there, but, you know, but public speaking goes, goes back uh, a long way. I had no idea. Yeah. So um, that, I think to me, it points to, you know, the, the, you know, to zooming back, right. We've talked about, you know, the place we've talked about these different pillars of the curriculum. Like, you know, this is, this is a, it's a, it's a, you know, 26 students uh, for two years. So, you know, 12 or 13 people every year, 
um, arriving there, doing this very intensive experience, um, and then going off to their lives. You know, generally, they're going on to to transfer on to to some other you know institution for to finish their 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 education um, to continue their education. Um, and so, what? But why? So why? What is what is uh, that level of the mission of Deep Springs? What is what is a Deep Springer like after they leave? And and and, and you know, what is what what is the purpose of all this? That's Max. Well, Max. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really good at this kind of question. <laughs> What's the purpose of all this? <laughs> What's the purpose? Uh, the the Deep Springs mission is to prepare young people to live lives of service. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, is, uh, I think, a purposefully ambiguous phrase, uh, li life of service, that, that like, you're supposed to, like, like drool and, like, and, like, faint in front of your entire two years. And so that uh, by the end of the two years, you're like, you're, you, you know what it is, or you know what it is to you. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that the, it's supposed to be, uh, like, a, Man, I don't know how to have to answer this question. <laughs> it's like the like all all two years. Uh, everyone at, at one point gives a speech where they try and give their own spin on what services. Um, I believe Ben gave a speech this year saying that making the most money is service. Um, oh, it's got to be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I've I have a friend there who's uh, convinced that firefighting is the most uh, like pure form of service. Uh, there's another one who wants to be a professor. Thinks the PhD is the most pure form of form of service. I think it's it's uh, Deep Springers go on to do a lot of different things. Um, like we had recently a alumnus uh, Andy Kim, who was actually the one who inspired me to go to Deep Springs. He came and gave and gave a speech, uh, walked around, talked to us. He's a representative congressman from New Jersey. Uh, he had some good things to say about service. We have an alumnus uh, named Bill Volman coming to teach a printmaking workshop. Don't ask why the novelist is doing a printmaking workshop, but yeah. he's coming to Deep Springs uh, and he's, I'd say, living a life of service in his own way. Uh, like, I don't know. It, we we hear all these stories. We have like we had an architect come. Uh, I don't know. We we hear all these stories. We listed all these people, and the common thread seems to be that they're all super interested in in helping people in their specific way that they think they can help people. Uh, and they they can they can. I think it'd be pretty hard to justify making a lot of money as a life of service as an investment banker. Uh, but I I think that like the deep springer because they're so trained on having to justify everything to everyone all the time at Deep Springs, then spends their entire life justifying their career and their work as service. And often it can be like as simple as like, uh, I don't know, like helping your friends out, which is not a career choice, but it's just like a thing that you do because you you know what it's like to do that in the most intense way possible. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's like an ever ambiguous, ever changing goal, but like that—that's what it makes it so appealing, and I think so important. Yeah, 
there there's a way that 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 the vague the big question there you know service and there's a lot of ways you can take that is is a perpetual sort of provocation right it's a it's a it's a it, you know it's built into the application process but also in my memory is that it comes up all the time like what do you mean by that exactly um so that that's the mission uh I wonder, um, Ben, as we kind of come up to the end of our, our hour here, you know, I want to turn it back over to you, the ComCom chair. Um, yeah, there's a student, you know, leadership, there's these, these standing committees, the application committee, the curriculum committee, the communications committee, these are, these are you know, core kind of self-government functions, which are led by student members, um, really a key kind of experience. Um, but, you know, what, what would you say, you know, to a student who is, thinking about doing this like what's the what are the key things that they might think of as a as an enticement or as a you know as a kind of a more personal um reason to consider it oh let's see uh <laughs> an enticement well i think that uh Here's what I would say. I would say that uh, the people that don't like Deep Springs, it's usually because it it brings something out of themselves that's already there. It's not a it's not a place about about uh, hiding or uh, or suppressing things. Like I said, it's like a a pretty brutally honest place. Mm -hmm. So I think that the the people that end up liking Deep Springs are the are the people that. Uh, were were comfortable or, or like themselves to a degree to begin with uh and the people that end up hating deep springs are the people that were sort of fundamentally uncomfortable with themselves to begin with uh so so, so this to say that I, I don't think there's a person for whom deep springs is bad i think it's a it's a revealing, <laughs> i think it's a revealing experience more than anything i don't think it's like a uh i mean it's kind of like a purposely uh completely directionless purposeless experience there's like a lot of dead air and uh wandering around and being useless uh the worry the worry is never uh whether deep springs will overwhelm a person or like twist a person in a certain way uh it seems to me that the problem is usually whether it will reveal something that they don't like and uh, can come to terms with or don't like and can't come to terms with. Hmm. Well, that that's in some ways quite diametrically opposed to what Max just said. <laughs> um, but also points back to the, what he said earlier on about discomfort, right? And, and uh, you know, I think that, that, that that's something, you know, I'd love to, to highlight, right? That, that, you know, challenge, crisis, discomfort, um whether that's physical or social or intellectual like that's certainly something that i see as a key part of of education that deep springs i experience deep springs offering really uniquely and um so perhaps that's something that the people might be seeking out as they they seek to to mature into into adults whatever they're going to do in their lives so i want to thank you guys for, for your time today um and uh yeah just wish you good luck in your second year uh really enjoy your time there in the valley it's a it's a really unique experience so thank you for, for joining us thank you mm -hmm. bye bye bye
Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.